Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and this college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on Monday, December 19th, 2022. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, and community rules. As always, remember, there are no locks in gambling. So what Southern provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades. To indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers, as outlined in more detail on that webpage, I recommend playing the A grades at one unit. Plays we give out here at a half unit or an additional half unit. Though the A-plus play of the day gets an extra full unit because it's one that will count for both myself and my co-host. There are also picks given out on the website and Patreon's play of the day in the Discord chat that I also recommend an extra half unit. And the compilation of these recommended results can be found both on Bedstamp and in the Google Sheet. All those links are in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains the full set of projections of picks on every single game and early access to those picks that have already been released. For that, head up the Patreon. The link is in the crawler below. It's also where you get access to that Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, will be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, uh, I, I, I feel like I could pivot off of that statement every open here. Yeah. yeah good and bad really. variants will occur. Uh, not going to talk about college basketball, but let's talk about good and bad variants in the NFL with the – craziest play I have ever seen in my life. And this is a college basketball, so I don't want to spend a lot of time in it. But, oh my gosh, when you talk about good and bad variants, imagine, I don't know if you had had it or not, but imagine having a ticket on either the Raiders or the Patriots on that game. I mean, I would have just been losing my mind, happy or sad either way, right? Well, that that is is just an insane weekend for the NFL. Like, that was, like, I would have been throwing stuff if I was on the uh, Patriots, and then I'd be losing my mind if I was on the Raiders. And then imagine you took a flyer. Throwing stuff in joy if you're on the Raiders, right? Yeah, Yeah. and then, like, imagine you took a flyer on the Colts, and, like, you're like, eh, 36 to 7. This one's in the bag. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just always a good reminder about, Good and bad variants, it's going to happen. In the long run, it balances out. Again, just a quick little reminder, I always like to tell people about as many plays as you're comfortable with. Don't just limit yourself. There's no law that says you have to limit yourself to one pick a day, two picks a day, three picks a day. Don't play every game unless you like every game. Play what you like. Um, In the long run, that crap balances out, but you need a really large sample size. And I have to tell you, man, if I had a a Patriots ticket today, I would feel like I need a really long sample size to drown out the bad variants of that one because that's the weird, just the weirdest ending I can ever remember in a sporty maybe someone in the comment can tell me a, a weirder one but i can't recall one and what, what's great is it's also in like fantasy football playoff time so i guarantee there's somebody that's right. not making it to the champion next round because of that weird play yeah yeah there's yeah the, the ripple effect of just how crazy that was but all right anyway this is a college basketball show so we're gonna get to some of those games but before we do some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications you'll miss any of the college basketball mlb or college football content that this channel provides i've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here Membership starts at just $3 per month. It's www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. But even if you aren't there, we're still thrilled to have you with us here. Let's get to it. All lines courtesy of BetOnline. Sign up link in the show description. And current at the time of this recording on Sunday night, Jake, 
Uh, 12 of the 23 games had A plays locked into them. There were, I think, about maybe three or so that we both really liked, but the one that just was the cream of the crop, the A-plus play of the day, the one that's going to count to both of our records, 6 p.m. Central Holy Cross at New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Sideline says that they should be a little over eight-point favorites, and I'm going to give you my quick take real quick as to why I love this A-play, and then, Jake, you can go into the X's and O's. What I'm going to tell you has nothing to do with the X's and O's. It's the same logic that I had uh, last Friday picking Incarnate Word where the model didn't even like it as much, but it was just like, wait a minute, I'm looking at, I know the books. I know they rely heavily on the Ken Palm numbers, kind of just reading the tea leaves. And this is kind of the compilation of everything I like in a number. Number one, it's seven or less, which again, that's a a lot of times where the fouling stops happening, uh, can get you over that number. Um, You know, laying the eight and nines, just a little more dicey. So so it's that, Um, but you know, Ken Palm has this at four and a half, um, to five and a half, but the spread is six and a half. Sideline says it should be eight and a half. The compilation of that, I just think this is a perfect spot to jump on New Hampshire. Again, at six and a half or seven, the model still would probably have an A grade a little bit higher than that. But I mean, really, I love it, love it, love it. Lots of gambling, but of all Monday plays, I think this is a fantastic one. Jake, why do you like New Hampshire minus six and a half so much? Uh, first off, Holy Cross is just really bad. They've got one win against real competition, and that's Central Connecticut, and I'm not sure that accounts for anything. Um, not much. Yeah, they've got one of the worst offenses in the NCAA. Uh, I've tried and tried to find something I could compliment them on, and I, I, can, I couldn't find anything. It was it was just a fruitless – like, I don't know. It was terrible. I mean, you could say, I guess, they guard the three-point arc very well, but – that's, I think that has more to do with um, team shooting almost 60% from inside it. than something I was going to say, that, that might be that teams just are like, hey, we can get easy layups. Like uh, The, the three-pointer is valuable if the twos are tough, right? But that's where people sometimes get lost and they don't quite – that's where you can be just dangerous enough understanding statistics, right? The three ball is a more valuable play if you're comparing it against a contested two. It's not more valuable against a layup. I'm telling you, if you can get, just take, if you can get a layup, you take the layup, right? Unless it's – there's certain situation late in the game, right? That, that yeah. the expected value of a wide open three is still less than a layup. So yeah, if your defense is so bad, you're giving up layups and bunnies left and right. You don't really have to shoot a lot of threes. You just take all the twos, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, they, they, they even rank at the bottom in field goal attempts. So they're just not even shooting a lot. Like it's just, I don't know what's happening here. And they, and they play at a relatively fast pace. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. mind blowing. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Um, their defense is not much better than their offense. New Hampshire's offense is nothing to be proud of, but mm-hmm. I mean, they do rank 25th in turnover percentage. So at least they're not giving the ball away. They hit their free throws at a high rate. So that helps, especially with the fouling there. Covering, um, yeah, man. yeah they, they hold opponents to a very low three point percentage. Uh, their defense is, the better part of the team. So I think that's another good reason that you want to play them. Um, one of the, one of the very interesting with their defense, they rank 10th in assist to field goals made like from a defensive standpoint. So that means they're forcing a lot of one-on-one play or like a lot of, you know, last second shots, not off a pass, all, all this kind of stuff, which goes very well with an offense like Holy Crosses. That's not, not a lot. Yeah. Of I was going to say, if you weren't going to connect the dots there for me, I was going through those. That, that, that bodes well against an offense that is just garbage, right? As opposed to if uh, playing a certain type of offense, a certain team with a certain star type player, 
that's not really great, right? They're going to dominate you against that. But yeah, against an offense like Holy Cross, that that actually works works out probably in our favor. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the statistics and like metrics and stuff lean more to our favor here, laying six and a half, seven. Uh, I mean, like I said, New Hampshire, this is just, man, we were paying an awful big price for all the great games we had Saturday. <laughs> yeah, the money sets a little bit weaker, but yeah, I get a lot of great A plays. This is the best one we think you get laying six and a half here. I really think this should be seven and a half, eight, maybe even eight and a half, really daring you to lay it with New Hampshire. To me, the bottom line is neither team is good, but New Hampshire's a better team, a uh, little bit better offense, a little bit better defense. If they turn the ball over less, they're going to get more possessions at home. All of those things kind of compile up and should lead to a nice, you know, near 10 two mm. 10 point victory uh it's kind of what we expect here and obviously there's a decent chance new hampshire just runs away with it that's obviously what we hope for we hope to not sweat it out but we love laying new hampshire minus six and a half again the a plus play of the day gonna count for both of our records otherwise now we're gonna go to the best of the rest of the a plays um it, you know bottom line is overall some of the show results haven't been as great we really want to get that up the a plays on the season are hitting 54 percent so i extremely pleased with that we're going to try to highlight some of the better a plays for more of the show to give y'all better place here and so we're going to highlight a bunch of a plays here some of these are mine some of these are jake's we're going to start off with 3 p.m central iupui this is not the professor on a limb but i do feel like i'm going out on a limb picking this one i'm going to take the 16 and a half points with iupui they are terrible they are truly terrible but here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say two things about this game. Number one, IUPUI seems to play like every Monday afternoon. So at some point, there is a little bit of they might have a, a better routine down, which isn't necessarily going to help them as much as I think it's going to not hurt them anymore. Whereas the teams that they're playing, it could hurt them a little bit. Just having a weird situation, everything's different when you're playing in this type of spot southern indiana probably just not as used to this so that could be to our benefit that's not factoring into the model whatsoever model says that instead of 16 and a half that this should be about 15 and a half and i'm going to talk one more time here about the ken palm number ken palm makes this about 20. that says a lot to me because if ken palm makes this 20 and the spread was 23 i would say okay there's a decent chance that this is going to be a 30-point game and that the people who, who who use Ken Palm as a base and then adjust off of that are saying, but IUPUI is terrible, that would be the direction we'll go. But the fact that Ken Palm makes it 20 and it, the spread 16 and a half, it really tells me a lot that this number shouldn't be as high as he's making it, which is hard to fathom because IUPUI is absolutely terrible. I am going to get a little bit of a limb here. I'm going to look like a fool if this is wrong because IUPUI has been terrible. They have covered twice this season, so they haven't – you know, gone over <laughs> to me though. This is one of those things where I absolutely hate playing IUPUI in this spot. I feel like I want to get 90 points with IUPUI before I'm happy playing them. I'm sure you viewer feel the same way. I'm sure all of the country, I'm sure of all of America, I'm sure all of Canada, I'm sure of all of whoever the heck else is in other countries betting this crap because this is going to be crap basketball probably feels the same way. And that probably means there's value on it because if all, if everybody is sitting here going, IUPUI is terrible. Guess what? That means all the money's going on Southern Indiana. That's going to create a little bit of value for us. So it's not a pick that I love from an X's and O standpoint. It's just, I think this is a smart investment. Then in the long run, it's going to pay off. So I'm going to grab the 16 and a half with IUPUI. Jake, how crazy am I for doing that? You know what? I mean, it's, it's on the crazier side, but not that crazy. I mean, Southern Indiana has shown the ability to just not show up at games. And I mean, they're still working on the D2 to D1 
transition. So, like, you, you don't know how – I mean, they're doing very well, but, mm-hmm. I mean, there's times for slip-ups and things like that. You don't know like, – I don't know the D2 schedule if it's as rigorous as the D1, like where they're playing so many games. So, you might catch them off sleeping here from the weekend, especially with the early game. So, I, I think it, it's a decent spot to play IUPUI. And of course, the travel is not that far from Indianapolis down to Southern Indiana, you know, two, three hour drive. So it's also a situation where it's not, you know, you know, IUPUI hung in there at Green Bay. I believe he was at Green Bay yeah. on a Monday afternoon. And that travels a whole lot worse. So, it, it, again, it's not a bad travel spot, not a crazy spot here. Again, I just think there's a little bit of value back in IUPUI. Again, not a play I love. It's just a value play. The, the reason I bring up the A plays on the season um, hitting 54%. That's kind of what we're going here. This is one of those, I think this hits like 54% of the time, 55% of the time. It's not, there's no locks in gambling. And anybody telling you that some some minus 110 play is going to hit 70% of the time is out of their mind. That's not that's not possible, right? That's not going to happen. So we're just looking for good solid plays. I think IUP is a solid play. As much as I hate it, I still think it's worth the investment. So I'm going to put that one here on my record, IUP plus 16 and a half in the afternoon. And Jake, 6 p.m. Central, North Dakota State at Western Illinois. I, I really like this one. You're going to take this one for us. This one's going to count for you here. But I, I like this one as well. I cannot. Uh, one of the, This is one of the ones that almost made the A-plus play of the day. To me, this is a game that's priced at basically a pick-em. Um, but I think Western Illinois is just as good as North Dakota State and at home, so I don't see why they're laying such a short number. Jake, why are you backing Western Illinois uh, minus one? Yeah, like this this is two bad teams going at it, but it should be an interesting game uh, just because it'll be close. North Dakota State, North Dakota State has uh, one win against real competition, and that's super confusing one because it was at Portland. Um, so that was just yeah, it's not bad. Portland's a pretty decent team, and – this team is not. Um, they like to play fast for some reason. Maybe they think that will end the game faster. I, I, I don't know. Um, they they because they turn the ball over as as often as this team is just so bad. Like they they just hand the ball away. Um, they they don't give up offensive rebounds, so I guess that's good for them. Um, and that's really the only compliment I can find because uh, the rest of this team is just truly terrible. Western Illinois. Um, Somehow has a worse defense than them, but has a much much better offense. Uh, they and they do not turn the ball over. The three point shot might as not might as well not exist for this team because they do not shoot them and they're very bad at them. Um, but they're really good inside the arc and they f- take the time to find good shots. Uh, Western Illinois just having having to win and really and being at home makes this a really good play add in the fact they got two decent enough guards to control the pace and do a good job and both of those guys do a good job hitting free throws uh this really feels kind of easy for them to win with as bad as north dakota state is and that's actually one and a half, not once I've updated the banner. They're rolling one and a half to Western Illinois. Not a huge difference. Uh, not a lot of games fall right at one. Uh, once you get above two, that's when you start uh, thinking more about the PLA. Laying the one and a half, a really smart decision there with Western Illinois. And a great play. Again, I think it makes a lot of sense. Also, total, as of right now, 148 and a half. I have a hunch which way it's going. I've already given out a play on the total on this to the Discord. So if you're not there, check it out. Again, you can get there through the Patreon. It's $5 a month. I've already given out a total pick. I think by the time this is out on YouTube, I have a hunch that the number won't be quite as favorable as it is right now. But I think there's a pretty good angle on the total there and on Washington, Illinois. 
both. Another one with these same schools, in, uh, a lot of these in the same conference here, 7 p.m. Central South Dakota at UMKC, uh, some uh, some Summit League basketball here on uh, on Monday. Uh, Summit plays a lot on Monday, so I think we're going to be talking about a lot of these Summit schools. Yeah. A lot of them play, play zero defense, which at least makes it entertaining. Um, yeah. Kind of like the Southland. Um, we're going to lay the one with Kansas City, Jake. This is uh, your pick here. Shideline does say it should be three and a half. That's why it gives an A grade. To me, it's a similar setup as the previous game, yeah. right? Almost a carbon copy in that mm-hmm. two teams that are – I think they're probably pretty similar – home team laying a really short number, probably too good to pass up. Jake, why are you playing UMKC minus one? Yeah, that's really about it. It's it's almost the exact same breakdown. Uh, South Dakota has one of the top 30 worst defenses, plays at a very slow pace. They like to turn the ball over, don't force turnovers. Kansas City has a relatively good defense for the level they're at and plays at extremely slow pace I get to hide their offense. Um, they don't turn the ball over, or they make up for – their turnover issue with uh, rebounding the ball extremely well. They rank top 20 in offensive rebounding percentage. Um, so, like I said, South Dakota's not going to force a lot of turnovers, so I don't think that's going to be much of an issue. And then I think they're going to have their way on the offensive boards. It might take four or five shots to get the two points, but they'll get them. Uh, and, I mean, they their offense runs through Mitchell and Allen. Both are averaging 16 points a game. They're really good free throw shooters. Plus, being at home, they should win this by two or three or four or five. Pretty easy. Yeah, uh, I, I think both this one and the previous, both these Summit League games, um, it feels like a game where the book just hung the Ken Palm number and just said, y'all figure it out and we'll adjust based off of how the money comes in uh, and, and or how the money comes in from the people that we respect, that sort of thing. Uh, but I think both of these, I think the home teams are not good, but like I said, just as good as the road team. So why not lay a point with them uh, or a point and a half with these small numbers? You know, if these numbers get out towards three, eh, it's a different story, but um, it it makes a lot of sense just to back the home teams here with none of them being very good. I will say I'm fascinated, you know, to keep an eyeball on this game simply because UMKC's offense is so bad and South Dakota's defense is so bad when that matchup happens. It's like, what's, yeah, like, is it going to be like, uh, you know, I'm thinking like the old sitcom Big Bang Theory, right? When they when they, they get in the basketball court and the, the ball just bounces over and they don't know what's happening, right? It feels yeah. like that might be what's happening here because yeah. there's just such bad, obviously it'd be better than that, but those units are so bad. Uh, but that's the, kind of the bottom line. All these teams are bad. Lay a point with the home team because who the heck knows yeah. on a neutral court, who the heck knows. So taking the home team here makes a lot of sense. Yes. All right, 8 p.m. Central, Weber State at Utah State. Utah State looking fantastic this season. One of the few remaining unbeatens at 9-0. and I've got them at 6-2 and against the spread. So it's not just that they're winning for the most part. Um, they're putting money in people's pockets if you're backing them. Um, Sideline says this should be Utah State minus 19. So a pretty big um, deviation there. That's why Sideline has given this an A grade. Jake, why are you backing Utah State minus 16 and a half? Look, I'm just happy we finally get to talk about a team of value. I mean, Utah State is surprisingly, like coming into the year, one of the last undefeated teams, but it's, at the same time, they really deserve to be undefeated mm-hmm. with the way they're playing. They've got a top 30 offense and a defense that's inside the top 100. They play a fun style of basketball. Um, they rank second in effective field goal percentage, and they don't turn the ball over. That means they're really doing everything very, very well in the offensive end and being very smart with the ball. Um, they're also the best three-point shooting team in the nation at 44%-ish uh, as a team, which, I mean, all that is really going to help us get over the, that 16-and-a-half number. Um 
this is the worst team they've played all year. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I really don't see them having a problem getting up to a 20, 25-point lead at some points during the game. Um, Ashworth is a really good player that's flying under the radar. He's averaging 18 a game, hitting 55% of his shots and 54% from three, and he's he's hit, he's shot 66 times from three. So he's it's not like he's shot 15 of them or using that stat. It's mm-hmm. a really impressive stat at that point. I mean, last year he, he was averaging eight, eight and a half, eight, a little less than nine points a game, and now he's up to 18. A lot of that has to do with how hot he's shooting. Um, they put uh, brought in a really good transfer of Taylor Funk uh, from St. Joe's, who's just been an immediate factor, scoring 16 a game and leading a rebound, steals, and blocks. Um, he's also hitting threes at like 45, 46%. Um, so they're, like it's a very good three-point shooting team, especially when you can stretch guys out with the forwards, being able to step out and shoot threes. That really just opens up everything and – and I, I really don't see where Weber State is or Weber State, however you say it, is going to be anywhere near this game. I think this is easily a 20 plus, 20 plus point victory. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. We have seen seemingly a higher number than usual of these big numbers like this where the back door has been wide open. To some extent, I, I would just say – Every once in a while that happens, I think it's happening at a little bit higher percentage than usual here the last few days. I think that's just that variance we talk about. In general, there's much more variance than our brains want to acknowledge. Our brains were built off of pattern recognition, um, off of the, the fact that thousands of years ago, right, all these patterns that we recognized helped us to survive. Now we don't live in a world where we need that survival because we aren't living amongst the tigers, right? So uh, our brains really want to recognize patterns and want to make trends out of things that are, are a lot more random than reality. Um, it's just kind of how we as humans are. Um, I don't think that trend continues. It will happen. Absolutely. But I think if you've been burned by some of these bigger numbers, you shouldn't just always lay big numbers. You should take some dogs as well, which we're going to talk the next one. We're going to take a big dog, but I, I wouldn't have any fear necessarily of taking a big uh, favorite because of the rash of backdoors that we've seen that's kind of bitten us a little bit here lately. Sometimes it's going to happen. It's going to balance out in the long run. Utah State here at 16 and a half is a solid play. Doesn't mean it will get backdoor too. It just means there's a there's a better chance. It's just as likely that we get backdoored from 16 to 13 as it is. This number goes up to 18 and a half, um, 19 and a half, and that gets backdoored from 19 to uh, 17. And we still cover 16 and a half or something like that. So, uh, I, I, you know, all those things are kind of all equally likely uh, or just as possible that Utah State just wins this by 24, right? <laughs> they're, they're a really good team. They've been destroying a lot of opponents. So uh, we like lying the 16 and a half with Utah State. And you're going to take one more of the A plays here, Jake. Main plus 14 and a half at Akron. This is the biggest discrepancy on the board, according to the model, as of the current time. Um, it was also in the running for the A plus play of the day. Just fell a little bit short, but a massive edge. Sideline says this should only be 10 and a half. And we're getting 14 and a half with Maine. Um, Maine, you know, a slightly below average team. Akron, maybe a slightly above average team at Akron. But it's hard to see how that equates to a 14 and a half point difference. Seven point difference, 10 point difference, maybe even 12. 14 and a half just seems like way too many here. So, Jake, tell us uh, more about why you're grabbing the 14 and a half with Maine. Like this, this main team hasn't lost a game by more than 13 all year. Um, it's kind of surprising how the metrics. There you go. I, I feel like you could have just mic dropped right there. Just boom. Yeah. There you go. Begin. 
<laughs> I mean, the metrics read out kind of wild. And I mean, with it, especially not losing a game by 13, it makes us a really attractive play. Um, they they have a good, a very good effective field goal percent, uh, ranking with uh, 87th in the nation. Um, so when they shoot, it's typically a really good shot. Um, they just don't re- rebound or defend very well, but they do a very good job of not turning the ball over, um, ranking 60, uh, 62nd and uh, or I mean, they do a really good job of turning the opponents over where they rank 62nd in opponent turnover percentage. Um, and they, they don't turn the ball over that much themselves. They, they struggle from the free throw line, but I don't think that's going to be an issue here. And if it is, yeah. we're, we're cashing with 14 uh, because yeah, if, free throws yeah, if are, we're complaining about the free throws at the end of the game, who cares? We're yeah. cashing. No big deal. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I, that's another reason I really like this play. I mean, the pace of play is great here because, Maine is slow, Akron is slower. Um, they're just very, very slow, and they really take their time on offense. Uh, they they don't turn the ball over, but they don't force any of themselves, so we don't have to worry about Maine giving them extra possessions. Uh, they don't shoot the three ball very well, so once again, they're not they're going to be counting by twos instead of threes, which helps us. Um, and they, they struggle from the free throw line, so it's just, I mean I, I, everything here adds up to taking Maine. Like I don't get it why it's this big of a number. With, when you look at all the different factors, I, I think we're going to end up cashing this one fairly easy. And and no no total play on this one from me. The total on this was 126, and sideline says it should be 125 and a half. So I think it's a pretty well priced total. But it's a total that's priced at 100. That's number 126, right? So it, it it doesn't matter if we have to have a play on the total or not to say we're all kind of expecting a pretty low scoring game. As you always talk about when you can grab a bunch of points in a slow pace, lower scoring game, your odds are just a little bit better. Um, doesn't mean I recommend parlaying it with the under because it could easily get to even 127 is a pretty low scoring game, right? 140 is average. So, I mean, if it's 127, 128, 129, 130, that's still lower scoring. If it goes under, which according to the odds makers, it's got a 50, 50 chance of going under 126. If, if it's at 122 or 118 or something like that, getting those points is even more valuable because we're just not many points to go around for either team. Um, so grabbing the 14 and a half here with Maine, just way too good in my opinion to pass up. Speaking of low scoring games, I'm going to give you a double double here. This is kind of like where we did the parlay segment here, but I'm not going to tell you to parlay these together or not. I'm going to give you a game that I love two things on. If you want to parlay them, great. If you want to take one of them, Great. If you want to take none of them, great. If you want to take both of them, great. Right again, take what you like and leave the rest. But here's things again that I like. Two things on UT Arlington at San Francisco, a late night game. San Francisco, a pretty good team, but I'm not sure where this total came from at 137 and a half, given how UT Arlington just has zero offense and plays relatively slow. This number seems way too high. Sideline says it should be 131. And so I'm thinking that there's some value on the under. I've already locked that in. And grabbing the 15 with UT Arlington as well as an A grade, according to the model, which is it should only be 12.2. And it's kind of like we were just talking about. There's a little bit of correlation here. If I'm expecting about 130 points, that means that there's some value on the under, obviously. But it also means that the getting the big number of points makes more sense. So we're going to grab the 15 with UT Arlington. And I'm going to make a separate play on the under 137.5. Again, take either one of those that you like more or less uh, or 
put them together if you want, but I'm going to count them both towards my records. With regards to how the model's done on these teams, it's been pretty spot on with regards to sides and totals. It's actually underestimated UT Arlington by 2.3 points per game, overestimated San Francisco by 1.3 points per game. I think that's within a margin of error to say I think that the number that the model projects of 12 is probably pretty good, but that's also just to say even if it's off, it might actually be off in the direction of to more towards UT Arlington. And with regards to totals, uh, both of these teams are within two points of their projected totals all season long. So the model's been pretty spot on with them. You never know what's going to happen. I, I hate to say it because I feel like I'm like speaking it into existence, but also maybe we should test this out because if I have these powers, we got some work to do. But it, it, you know, you always have, uh, this is going to be the game until another one happens, that Iowa-Iowa State game. Where like one team just goes crazy and hits and just makes more than fifty percent of their threes, the other team can't hit anything, and you have weird things like that, right? So you never really know. But in general, on average, the model's done a really good job identifying these two teams. And the model says one hundred thirty-seven is too much, fifteen is too much. We're going to grab the points and take the under. Jake, you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, like from a San Francisco standpoint, I think this could be like a trap spot. They just come off beating up, beating on UNLV at away from home, uh, which was a bigger game than what it should have been with UNLV being undefeated and taking mm-hmm. out one of the last few remaining undefeated. So they got mm-hmm. Arizona, Arizona State coming home, coming to them next right after this. So that that's a, kind of going to be a much bigger game to them than mm. Arlington. So I think it's a very good kind of sleepy spot, maybe a real slow, sleepy first half. And that really helps the under and helps UT Arlington. Cause I don't see them getting it back out to 15. If they're fall asleep in the first half. Mm, that's a, that's a beautiful nugget right there. I'm going to give you a chance to take some more, uh, give us some more nuggets in the Jake and a limb segment here, a situation where the model has locked in a B grade pick it is actually an interesting situation. It actually locked in a B grade pick on St. Thomas minus eight. At minus seven, the model likes it even more. That's the current number as of the time of this recording. That's the number that you're going to play St. Thomas at minus seven. Jake, why is that a good investment in your mind? Look, tonight is just the anti Dakotas podcast because just we don't like any of their teams. Whatsoever. Beautiful country, probably. Again, I, I've not been to like six states, and both Dakotas are some of them. I, it's nothing against you. I just haven't made it up there. But from all accounts, it's a beautiful land. It's just your basketball teams aren't very good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, I, you know? I mean, they've got a really good hockey stuff going on up there. Ooh, it's true. Ball. It's true. Uh, so yeah. maybe that's where their all their concentration is because it's not on the basketball yeah. floor. Um, <laughs> so I mean, St. Thomas, we've talked about them and their defense. They still have those defensive issues. Um, but no, North Dakota is not the team to take advantage of them. Um, mm-hmm. St. Thomas has a great offense, and North Dakota has a terrible defense. Um, mm-hmm. Miller Road and Parker should just have a field day for St. Thomas. They, they really, I mean, the slow pace isn't going to affect this number because, especially as they get smaller at minus seven, that really helps. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when you factor in the way uh, St. Thomas shoots the three ball, their effective field goal percentage, and all that. They're taking really smart shots and they're making them at a high rate, uh, whether that's inside or outside the arc. I don't think North Dakota is going to put up much of a, much of a fight there. And they're de- like, uh, I don't think they've got a good enough offense to really score and make this a game. So I think St. Thomas is going to run away with this one. And I'm going to tell you all the same thing I told you about North Dakota state and Western Illinois. Gave out a total play on the Discord. I have an idea of where this total's going, and I think those people have already got some good value on playing a total. Who knows where that lands, uh, but I think that's got a good total play. So if you're not on the Discord with us, again, check that out. $5 a month gets you a ton of extra plays. And speaking of totals, that'll take us to the total of the day segment. And lo and behold, 
guess who's involved? Another Dakota school, South Dakota State at Oral Roberts. The total in this one is 157 and a half. Sideline says it should be 163 and a half. That's a full six points off. It's a huge edge. We're going to go over this number of 157 and a half. Um, so actually underestimated how many points Oral Roberts has scored. It's overestimated South Dakota State. On average, that balances out. I still think this game gets into the 160s. Uh, you have a fantastic offense in Oral Roberts and a below average defense again in South Dakota State. But on the other side of the ball, you have an above average offense in South Dakota State against a below average defense in Oral Roberts. Both offenses should have some success in this game. Obviously, Oral Roberts should have even more. There's a reason why they're about 10-point favorites right now. But then South Dakota State plays relatively fast. Oral Roberts plays even faster. When you combine the pace and the quality of possessions that we're going to see, I think this game has a good chance to get into the 160s. Even 158, 159 gets us the win here at this number. It's way too good to pass up. So it's like over 157 and a half in South Dakota State Oral Roberts. Yeah, Max Aismas can really turn turn it on and decide to go for 50 at any point and really push this over if he wants. Uh, both, like, there's not a lot of defense going to be played in this game, and that it really helps with it over. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and we're going to wrap up with the must-see TV game of the day. Again, a lighter slate, not a lot of great games. There's one I think that's interesting, mm-hmm. right? And because there's only one game that you want to really have on your TV, maybe aside from, you know, Monday Night Football or, I don't know, is The Bachelor on? I don't know, whatever else is on Mondays these days. I don't know, something. Um, We're going to give you two plays on this one. Coastal Carolina is home against Charleston. They're getting six and a half points. The total is 146 and a half. The reason why this is a must-see game, Coastal Carolina is uh, an average team at home against a Charleston team that's surprised a lot of people this year, played really well, looking above average, 11-1 record. So, I mean, it's not complete smoke and mirrors with that 11-1 record. They're a solid team. Jake, what is your play for us on this game? Look, I really like the over here. Um, you've got a very good offense in Charleston, and uh, Coastal Carolina's got a very average offense and very average defense. Uh, Charleston loves to play fast, and they kill it with offensive mm-hmm. rebounds. They hit free throws at a very high rate. Coastal Carolina is almost just a carbon copy of them, just a little worse, like the printer just mm-hmm. ran out a little a lot of ink, except <laughs> – uh, they're, they're the best free throw shooting team in the nation, so that helps. Love getting extra points with the, with the clock stopped when you have an over. Um, they yeah. also have an absolute star in Brown. Uh, the Eastern Kentucky transfer is having a great year. Um, they're a little loose with the ball, and I love giving them better, the better offense, more possessions, so that, that helps. Uh, Charleston is a very balanced team. Four guys in double figures. Uh, Bolin being the main guy. And that's who they're going to run their offense through. That's who's going to have the ball late. He's hitting about 91% of his free throws, shooting the ball pretty well. Not so great from three-point percentage, uh, but does a really good job of scoring. Uh, Coastal being at home, that helps. Should incre- uh, increase the production from their bench and a little bit of their lesser players to help help them stay in this game, keep it close, which, once again, helps the over. Uh, mm-hmm. Brown, I'm sure, will have a great night because – Charleston's defense is nothing to write home about. He averages 17, uh, about 17, actually, and he scored 20 and 19 in the last two games and had a 28.9 against USC up to date. Uh, I just I see him having a really good night driving his team at home here to really stay close and pushing us up closer to 150. Yeah, and the closeness helps us 
uh, get more points on average, not always, but in general, the closer the game is, it's more likely that you either get overtime or you get a bunch of late fouls. You do have those sometimes scenarios where it's that perfect one position game and things just really grind down, but that's less likely. Just like when you have a bigger uh, spread game, more of a blowout game, it's not impossible to just see things get really wonky at the end, but it's more likely that the teams just really put the brakes on, don't want to get injured, don't really have anything to do, and it just kind of is a sleepy last five minutes. So the, the bigger the spread, the more likely that you kind of die down at the end. The closer the spread, the more likely you get an extra few points. Not always, but it's more likely, and that's going to help us. But before I talk about how close the game is, I do want to also bring up one thing. Last week, Coastal played one game. They played at South Dakota. Uh, South Dakota plays at a slower pace than Charleston, has a weaker offense than Charleston. They have the worst defense. But that game flew over the total of 143. It got up into the, you know, into the one, what, 170s. Wasn't even close. And when you look at Charleston and you see the, the pace that they play at and, and how good they are, I'm not saying it's going to get to 170, right? I mean, there, yeah. there was, that was a little bit flukish with regards to just how much those teams hit. But the fact that you know you have a South Dakota team that just doesn't want to play as fast as a Charleston from more average pace, Charleston yeah. plays a whole lot faster. I, I really think I'm with you over the right side. That's the pick you're going to make. I'm going to give you the pick of Coastal Carolina plus six and a half. I think this has a chance to be a competitive game. It's not just my heart saying it because it's the only good <laughs> <Game> big. <laughs> Game we're watching, I don't know what yeah. to call it. It, it. It's just that the you know, sideline says it should be four and a half. And uh, the bottom line is um, Coastal at home is, you know, not as good as Charleston. But, if you know, when you have – when you're 10 games into the season, there are two ways to look at how a team's performed over those 10 games. And one is how they've looked is how good they are. The other is – that's just some results from a season that has a long way to go. And what we thought about them coming into the season, because we know who's on the team, we know where they transferred from since so many people are transferring, right? We know what they did last year, or we know how good of a recruit they were in high school, these sort of things. And very rarely are freshmen playing anyway. And so we shouldn't overreact to those 10 results. If you don't overreact to those 10, those 10 games that these teams play this year, coming into the season, you just said these two teams were about that even and getting six and a half with coastal Carolina, you'd be jumping for joy at right now. I don't think that's probably right. I'm not going to ignore this start that Charleston had, but I think that six laying six and a half with Charleston is just a little bit too much overreaction to how they've played. The, the fear of course is late game fouls. This could easily get out to seven or eight with the light game fouls, but getting six and a half is still a pretty solid number. I think coastal Carolina can hang in this game. I think they might have a lead in the second half. I think they might be down three or something. And then it's just a sweat, but you got a lot of points in your back pocket. So I think whether it's just maybe taking a gamble on massive plus odds, and that's always fun or grabbing the six and a half. It's just so many points. I think it's worth it to grab the six and a half. It's an A grade play according to the model. That's the pick I'm going to give you. And again, I do like the pick that Jake gave you with the over 146 and a half. Two great plays, whichever one or both you want to go for, for the most interesting game that can be on your television for college basketball on Monday night. Yep, that's for sure. I mean, some of this uh, steam that Coastal started off, or not Coastal, uh, Charleston started off with at the beginning of the year just kind of fell out. Uh, they've played some tight games with Presbyterian Stetson here, like in their last two real games. I mean, I'm not going to count North Greenville, um, but. I mean, they're still – they gave up 67 North Greenville, so I, I, don't, I don't see mm. any problem with both these teams getting in the mid to upper 70s. 
Yeah, absolutely. Sideline projects 78 to 73 and a half. And yeah, like I said, if they give up 67 to North Greenville, they ought to be giving up mid 70s to Coastal. And yeah, some sort of 78 to 75 ish type game gets us well over and gets us a cover. Uh, Should be an entertaining game. I don't think Charleston runs away with it. It's obviously possible. Again, I always think about these games as distributions where there is, you know, at the the tail of one distribution is Coastal wins this game by 10. At the other tail of the distribution is Charleston wins this game by 25. Those are both possible, but unlikely scenarios. The most likely scenario is it's somewhere between Charleston wins by zero to 10. And it's more likely that we cover in those scenarios than not. So we're going to grab the six and a half and again, root for points in this one and take the over as Jake said, which is all the games we're going to cover for you on this Monday. Jake, any parting words? No, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize for my part in this week's slate. If I had any, because man, this is going to be <laughs> tough to watch. Um, so thank you for Monday night football, but, enjoy enjoy your monday because saturday was amazing saturday was was wild for sure have you looked ahead to tuesday wednesday thursday friday and seen what i haven't looked ahead uh not too much no i, I know okay a lot of the bigger it starts, teams to, it starts to fade out yeah yeah so yeah. come back off yeah, it starts to get fade week. it starts to it starts to get a little bit thinner you know not as many games we have fewer games you have fewer chances for the good teams to play each other which you know obviously is what we're looking for so uh, a little bit weaker of times with regards to sleeps but again as we talk about sometimes these smaller schools are great investment opportunities because people aren't watching as much they don't really know the numbers move quickly so there's a lot of value to be had out there in the market um if, if you're interested in college basketball if you like trying to profit off it some of these smaller schools are kind of where it's at as, as hard as it is to watch sometimes compared to the better teams yeah yeah all right. Well, that's all we've got then. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy the sports betting content we've run on this channel. It's right into your feed. Back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.